Well, let's have a word of prayer and we will get started. Lord, we do pray now that you'll bless our time together. And Lord, would this study uh, make a difference in our lives? The subject certainly is important. I pray you'll give illumination and power to it now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are finishing up our book on choices uh, by uh, Mrs. Terry Chappell. So this will be our last chapter. And next week, you'll need to give me the name of that again, Deanna. Uh, Life Management for Busy Women by Elizabeth George. And so if you'd like to pick up that book for next week, you certainly can if you like using it. Don't need it for this because uh, we don't count on that. In fact, I oftentimes, uh, only, you only about uh, half recognize the chapter, uh, the way I may go at it. But uh, these books, though, do allow you to keep what you've learned and have a resource there, so that's totally up to you. But uh, that will be next week. And so if you're not a busy woman at all and never have any pressures, then this may not be for you. But uh, <laughs> I suspect that uh, this will qualify everybody in different ways, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to that. All right, we are looking at the final chapter, which is Choose to be Filled with the Spirit. In the introduction to this chapter, she says that when she finally decided to write the book, this was the one thing that was the driving force in writing the book. This is the chapter she wanted to get across. And I would say that in any practical discussion that you have, this matter of being filled with the Spirit is the climax. And without it, nothing else works. And so I appreciate her heart for this, and she's got some different angles that I think will be a help to us. We talk a lot about being filled with the Spirit because it is the uh, very essence of our walk with God and our ability to serve Him. We are regenerated by the Spirit. In other words, we are uh, born again. We become a Christian, we get spiritual and eternal life through the working of the Spirit of God in our lives. And that's how we are saved, because of what Jesus Christ has done. Now, when do we get the Spirit? When does He indwell us? The moment He regenerates us. And so if you're a believer here this morning, you have God dwelling in you. I really meditated on that this morning. As I, uh, in the waiting on God uh, second five-minute uh, segment that we have in our uh, little uh, outline of an hour with God, we, I like to look at the three persons of the Trinity, and I just thought, what a tremendous blessing it is. As I talked to the, uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, about just what a privilege it is to have Him indwell me. And I think we forget that. You know, if you ever feel lonely, afraid by yourself, Remember, you never are. Now, you may be lonely and afraid, but that's your fault <laughs> because uh, he is there. And I tell you, that makes an enormous difference. But we don't live conscious of that reality. And as a result, then we miss out on what uh, God wants to do in our lives. And so um, we must understand, and this is... This is a key. This is a balance. Let me just give a little background here. Um, Satan wants to get us to feel 
one of two ways. He wants us to feel very insignificant and powerless and we can't do anything and we're just a failure. He's really good at that. I don't know if you've noticed that. Or he wants us to think we're self-sufficient, we can do it, man, we're going to get it done, we're a great Christian. And so um, sort of the flip side of each side because it really comes out of the innate insecurities that we have. Both will stop the power of the Holy Spirit. However, I've said it before here, I'll let you in a little secret. Whenever Satan comes in and says, you know, you're insignificant, you can't do anything, you're too small, you've, you're, you're a failure, you just need to say, I agree. Sorry, you're not going to fool me with that because uh, I don't have anything of myself, but I am a child of God because I'm saved. I have the righteousness of Christ, and through the power of the Spirit, I can do all things through Him, and uh, I have the inheritance of the Beloved. I am a child of God, and therefore, what you say is untrue when it comes to where I am spiritually, not humanly. Now, it is important for us. In fact, I think Satan... We'll, learn, we'll go away after a while because on, that, on that argument because it doesn't hurt for us to get chopped down to size. But the problem is we then get, we have pity, we, get, we, we have self-focus, we get introspection, we get discouraged, down, depressed, that none of that is good. But we do need to be reminded, without the Spirit, how much can we do? Nothing. Nothing. Without Him, it's impossible as... John chapter 15 says, you must abide in Christ. And so it is important for us to realize that uh, we have to make a continual choice to walk in the Spirit because without Him, we can't function. It's that major. Oh, we can function humanly. But remember, whenever we sow to the flesh, we're of the flesh um, reaping, going to reap corruption. We've got to understand that. And we might be looking good, we might be acting pretty well, but we are not depending upon God. And honestly, we are not seeing God do in us and through us what He wants to get done. But it's so wonderful that we have that uh, power available to us. Ephesians 1.19, uh, Paul prayed that the Ephesians would understand in their daily experience what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And you probably heard a message on this. There are four Greek words for power in that verse. That's a great verse to get a hold of. Um, and so power, working, mighty, and power. <laughs> All of those are different Greek words and they give every nuance you can think of of strengthening, authority, power. And that's all what God, the Holy Spirit, will work on us. We have absolutely everything we need through His power. And, uh, and so instead of stumbling through life, trying to make our own decisions, figure things out, clean up our own messes all the time, we can actually have a walk in the Spirit that allows us to have illumination, direction, encouragement, uh, empowerment, and uh, you can look back. You know, it's wonderful to look back over a month and say, that was a God month. And it might be a tough month, 
And certainly you may have had some things you had to really deal with in your life, but you can look back and say, God was all over that. I can honestly say, I was in the will of God last week, last month. That's exciting. Could you say that you really listened to the Spirit? We're in the uh, power of the Spirit through last week. Yesterday. By the way, if you have to sort of think, that's a problem. Okay. Uh, now, I'm not talking about a big experience or wow kind of thing. No, I'm talking about a consciousness. God led, God directed, God empowered, God did it. In fact, you say, well, how can a Christian rejoice all the time? You rejoice all the time when you're seeing God all the time. And uh, it's just amazing. Uh, this um, morning, my wife and I were walking, and uh, we... Uh, no, it wasn't. I came back in. I was having devotions. I came back in for breakfast, and, uh, and I mentioned something that you know, God has done for us. We, I went back and looked some years back at some key uh, ways that God protected and worked, and we just thought we'd stop right there and thank the Lord for his direction and his power. I mean, it's amazing when you see the hand of God in your life, and you want that, that reality. So uh, uh, this is a possi the, the possibility that God wants for our life, and our life can be a spiritual success if we will give the Holy Spirit entrance into every area of our life. And uh, Now, he's already there if you're saved. If you're here this morning and not certain about salvation, I'm telling you, don't leave this morning without talking to somebody. Because that's when the Spirit of God comes in. And that will give you a real clear testimony of what a difference that makes when you have eternal life. But if you are saved, you have the Spirit of God and He will work if you allow Him to. And so the theme of this chapter is uh, about being filled with the Spirit from Ephesians 5.18. Whether or not, now get this, and this, of course, this is the theme of the book, whether or not we experience the power, wisdom, direction, working of the Spirit is based on our choice. Now, aren't you glad that you don't lose the Spirit? He's there. He's there. Praise the Lord. You have a guarantee. Ephesians 1 says you are sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of redemption. Uh, he is the earnest of your inheritance. He is there. You have eternal life now. By the way, eternal life does not start when you die or the rapture occurs. Eternal life started the moment you were saved. You were regenerated and get born again into eternal life. So everyone that's here today is eternally alive. That's pretty amazing. That changes a lot about how you view things. But He is eternal life. You have Him, but whether you allow Him to lead in your life is your choice. Remember, we are given, as those made in the image of God, a free will. And God does not violate that free will. Now, He knows how to work on us to make us willing. <laughs> but uh, He still will not violate our wills. And so, uh, this is what we're going to talk about. All right, first thing we want to look at here today about being filled with the Spirit is it's a command. It is a command. And you know, whenever you look at principles in the Word of God, uh, you, you usually can find out pretty quickly with study Bibles and so forth where the imperative is. There is an imperative uh, tense 
that uh, is a command. And uh, two very familiar verses that uh, we know about the Spirit of God and His work in our life are Ephesians 5.18 and Galatians 5.16, and both of these are imperatives. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Man, what a promise. But it's also an imperative. So uh, let's look at filled. The idea of filled is under the influence of being controlled by. Isn't it interesting that the illustration of alcohol is used prior to be filled with the Spirit? You talk about uh, sort of a, a uh, almost used the term jarring term, but if any Irishman were in here, the word jar <laughs> means to be drunk. So I suppose maybe that was, uh, maybe that was, I, I remember we had several Irish students a while back and I used the word jar, you know, that was jarring. And they said, would you mind not using that, uh, that the, uh, it's not good if you said that you were jarred by something. I said, okay, I, I certainly don't want anybody to think that's that Irish meaning. But anyway, uh, but it's, it's an amazing comparison. And uh, you see somebody that's really under the influence of alcohol, they're not themselves. They're under the influence of, of alcohol. It also has the idea of don't cope with life artificially but solve your problems through the person of the Holy Spirit. You can take two different nuances on that. But I think the main nuance is do not allow anything else to control you, but be fully controlled by the Spirit. But He won't control you without you exercising your will. It's a command. And so it's up to us to allow the Spirit to have control. And the same thing about walk in the Spirit. The word walk is a very, very good term for us because that is a series of uh, yielded steps in allowing the Spirit of God uh, to work. Now, here's one, of the, here's one of the things that people can make a mistake on. All right, I'm looking for an experience where I am finally filled with the Spirit. Well, um, you can walk right out of being filled with the Spirit pretty quickly. Okay, that experience is wonderful when you trust the Lord and God's working, and, and you will remember that, but you say no to the Lord, you allow the flesh to have the upper hand, you stop depending upon the Lord, you're no longer. You're no longer being filled with the Spirit. So I love the term walk in the Spirit, and it's exactly what you would think. It's the idea of taking step by step by step. When I finally finish and walk to the back doors to go back to my office here after I'm finished, if I'm going to get to my office, I'm not going to fly. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to take steps to get there. And so it's the idea of exercising your will, exercising your will, exercising your will. In other words, continue on being filled with the Spirit. By the way, the word filled is in the present tense. So the imperative is stay filled in the spirit with the Spirit. And here you have walk in the Spirit. And so it is a moment-by-moment moment yieldedness to the Lord. And that is what you want to ask God to develop in your life, is that sensitivity to the Lord. And here's what's so sad about American Christians. We go for periods of time where we just live for ourselves. And so we develop horrible habits of self-dependence, 
of saying no to that still small voice, of not spending time with God, and we wonder why we get down in the muck and mud so much in our lives. Well, it's because we are not having that glorious step-by-step-by-step walk with Him. And so every day, honestly, this is what's so thrilling, seven days a week you can have that refreshment of the personal reality of God in your life through the Holy Spirit if you keep in that yielded, dependent position with the Holy Spirit and are aware of that. That's why you've got to spend time in the morning to open your heart up to the Lord. And if you'll say yes every time, then you have a divine day. Again, I'm not telling you it's going to be real easy. Some days are glorious. Some days are good growth days, you know, and uh, that's just the way it works. But uh, it is a... uh, It's a wonderful thing to finish a day and say, I walked with Jesus today. That's your choice. It's not God's fault if you don't. Let me say that again. It's your choice. It's not God's fault if you don't, because he's right there. Has not Jesus done everything for you to have an overflowing, abundant life? Absolutely. He's done it all. And it's our choice of faith. Aren't you glad you, by faith, trusted Christ as your Savior? That's made a difference. Well, that same God that saved you every step of faith in walking in the Spirit, He's going to work on that kind of level. We are rich people. People in very difficult lands live full and glorious lives, and we look at how can they, with all their deprivation, how can they live so happy? Well, because they have the Spirit. You don't have to have things. You have to have God. And God will always provide our needs. Any situation, any place we're in, that's why we don't need to fear in this day. So um, the standard of normal Christian living ought not be mediocrity, just being a pretty good, faithful Christian. The standard ought to be the normal Christian life. And Dr. Flanders has a wonderful little book you have in the bookstore on the normal Christian life. Just... Bottom shelf, very important, very good to read. Every moment, the normal Christian life ought to be the supernatural life. That's what he's paid for us to have. And that's where growth comes. That's where change in thinking, transformation comes. Uh, That's where uh, God solves problems in your life when you have that. So it is a choice that you make. Now, what you have to, to, to understand is In our lives, we live and make decisions based upon what's important to us and what we desire. I mean, uh, there are some things you have no problem doing because you really like to do them. Nobody has to tell you, do that. You just love to do it. And it's a bunch of different things. Some of you got different hobbies. For some of you, it's not a labor to to cook. Just give me a kitchen and let me go at it, you know. Others of you, "Ah, I've got to do that again. Uh, You know, we're we're all different. Some of you have this crazy thing that you like to vacuum. I don't know where in the world you get that. But some of you just, man, I'm telling you, you're you're in hog heaven when you can vacuum. Others of you, it's one of those necessities that you will do because you don't want to live in a pigsty. So you vacuum, you know, and those kind of things. Uh, We will do what we desire to do. I'm telling you, you don't have to, to make a guy that loves sports go watch a ball game. 
He'll give up all kinds of stuff to go watch that ball game and, or whatever. So, if we walk with God, we'll have a desire through him to know him and to want to walk in the spirit. The flesh does not. But the problem is we've got a lot of other things satisfying our desire. Think of all the human things. It's just like you can have a wonderful meal plan for your child, but somebody snuck them up a couple of candy bars. They're not going to eat much. Uh, I got a kick out of one of my grandchildren recently, and I bought them a nice meal. Uh, uh, actually, I didn't buy them, but anyway, the meal was bought for them at a restaurant, and they had been eating the jelly out of the jelly uh uh, you know, that's sitting on there for, you know, for toast and things. And for some reason, they didn't eat all of their uh, thing. They were, they were pretty sneaky about that. And uh, I can't believe my grandchildren would do that. I just don't get it. Must be the other side. You know, it's those in-laws that, uh, uh, that uh, those genes. But anyway, but you've done it too. You've eaten candy or had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then came to a beautiful steak meal or whatever you like, fish meal, and uh, didn't much want to eat it. And I tell you what, when you're filling your desires with a bunch of other things, you don't really have a need for God. And you know, you know where I'm going to go? What am I going to say next? What's one of the candy sticks? Oh, come on, you know what to get on, on a rabbit trail. Okay, thank you, Jolene has been around me long enough to know. Technology. It, if you just are living on that all the time, entertainment at all, you just aren't going to be sensitive to the spirit. Unless it is spiritual things. And it can be used that way, but you have to be determined to use it that way. So, desire is very important. And that really does come, as she mentions, by surrender. We talk about surrender all the time. But surrender is deeper than uh, we think. It is where we see walking with the Spirit as a command that our life needs to be spiritual. That's what spiritual really means, walking in the Spirit. And, um, and so... God's going to say, I want you to surrender to this purpose. I, you have this role in your life. There is this that I want you to do, or whatever it is, and you fully surrender that, and that's when you can begin to really understand and have the desire for the Spirit of God working in your life. The verses that I always write down, and I quote them often, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, whenever I'm asked to sign a Bible, uh, my dad did a series on Romans 12, 1 and 2. I don't know how he did it, but he did, I think, a whole quarter <laughs> on just those two verses. My dad had the unique ability to do that when he was preaching, and uh, it was during that time I had given my life to the Lord, and so those, man, those messages were just boom, 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 boom. But... Um, uh, we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And uh, we, we do hold on to different parts of our life. If God says we are to walk in the Spirit, then anything that holds us back from walking in the Spirit, we need to deal with and say, Lord, I'm not going to allow that to take away a genuine walk with you where I am truly living a divine, supernaturally empowered life. And uh, so that's very important. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, 
that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We must live for him. And honestly, when you think about what he's done for us, all that he's given to us, anything less than a living sacrifice is just not worthy. And uh, we do have to just continually deal with that. Wouldn't it be nice if you just one time gave your life as a living sacrifice? But the only trouble is, you notice that it's not a dead sacrifice on the altar. Living sacrifices can crawl off. And uh, all of you have crawled off that altar at one time or the other after you've given. Now, let me say, a solid surrender to the Lord will change the direction of your life. I don't want to diminish that. When I surrendered at 15, it changed the course of my life. Now, I can't say that I was totally surrendered all the time since that, but it, that was the paradigm. I had said that was the way I was going to live. I gave my life to God, and I never veered from it. It was all totally by God's grace and the prayer and direction of my parents and all. But it, and so that happens to you. You're here today because you've made some surrender decisions. You want to know the Word of God. You want to grow. That's important to you. And uh, so... Uh, but surrender is the key. And then she says this very simple follow-up to that is obey every time you see the Word of God, deal with something in your life, or tell you something you should do, and then through that the Holy Spirit prompts you. Now, ladies, here is such a simple principle, but it is so critical. The Christian life is not complicated. Know the Word of God. Surrender completely as best you know how to Him. Be aware of the Spirit in your life and exercise your will, as I said, to yield to Him. But you've got to learn to listen. Every time, through the Word or based upon the Word, the Holy Spirit will individually deal with you. If you learn to say yes every time, I'm telling you, that's where the glory of life really begins. And uh, that, that deep, and that's why I'm saying, don't distract yourself with, with stuff you don't need. Uh, in the midst of all the responsibilities you have and things that are legitimate, where you, your heart is right with the Lord, listen to the voice of the Spirit. I think Christians today have missed that so much. We, are, we ha live in a noisy world and we have no noisy souls. We can't hear him. You say, I don't even know how he leads. He does lead. First of all, he leads just directly through the Word of God. Right now, he's leading. I, you, God led you here. Something prompted you to be here. God led me to speak on this. We're in this series, so I'm on this one about being filled with the Spirit. So what is God telling you to do today? Surrender to him. Be filled with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. So he spoke to you. I hope you're listening. Okay? You see what I'm saying? It's not some mystery. You know? It's just that in your heart. You know those times when God just said, that's it. That's true. That's right. All of a sudden it clicks. Don't lose that. In fact, write it down. Go over it the next day in your devotions. Everything God tells you, keep a, a spiritual diary. That's why I love the, we have a little notebook we use for the hour with God, and it's a spiritual diary of how God speaks to you through the different aspects of your prayer time. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just a simple walk with God. 
And did you know, I want you to get this, <clears throat> God wants to speak to you as much as he spoke to Abraham, to Moses, <clears throat> to David, to Paul, to John. You're as important to God as they were. They, you really are. In fact, do you realize you have far more of an opportunity for interaction with God than Moses had? Because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit and you have the completed revelation of the Word of God. Don't be jealous of him. He's jealous of you. And of course, he's in heaven, so he's not jealous of anybody. <clears throat> but, you know, the point would be he would be. And uh, John the Apostle tries to tell us that. In uh, 1 John in particular, abide in Christ, abide in Christ, abide in Christ. All the way through 1 John, abide in Christ. It's a wonderful reality of what we have. But the key, folks, to, to knowing the voice of the Lord is to obey every time he does. But you disobey a few times in a row? If you don't get that right, are you going to hear the voice very easily? No. No. And just like with Elijah there down at Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, the Lord spoke to him in a still, small voice. Now, sometimes he does major things to get our attention. But it's, it's usually in the time of meditation and in the decision-making process, the issues of life that you're going through, that's when you will see uh, or, or uh, understand God's leading. All right, let's look at the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit. And I have actually spoken on this many times. I'd like you to turn with me now to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. I'm so thankful she ends with this whole thought. And she's uh, giving us some very major help here in her uh, final words in this book. But she says that Ephesians 5, 19 to 22 gives a picture of what it looks like when you're filled with the Spirit. Now, first of all, let me say, I don't want to neglect this. Galatians chapter 5, verse, verses 22 to 23, give us the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. And let me just say this. You can concentrate on the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, but when you're filled with the Spirit, all of those should be functioning. When you're not filled with the Spirit, they're not functioning as God would have them function. You can't be having victory in love and, uh, and not be having victory in gentleness. You can't be having victory in peace and uh, not be having victory in temperance. So it's all one package. Now, certainly, you grow in long-suffering. You grow in understanding gentleness. You grow in really learning what love is. You grow in all of these different areas. And, uh, but when I'm filled with the Spirit, that fruit is there. When I'm not, it's maybe I have residual effect from the character that God's developed in previous time, but it isn't being empowered in that area. It's very sober. So that's one way to look at it. But she takes this as a final picture, and I need to do this quickly, but this is important. Verse 18, we've already talked about. And be not drunk, this is chapter 5 of Ephesians. 
<clears throat> be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled, be under the influence, be under the control, make the choice to obey, to be filled with the Spirit. Three things here. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. One of the ways that you know you're spirit-filled is that there is a, just a heart of praise. You are, there's a song on your heart. You ever noticed when you've had a good time with the Lord and, and you've yielded to Him and things are making sense and you know there's nothing between your soul and the Savior, you don't even try to do it and all of a sudden you find yourself humming a hymn. Ever notice that? I've, I've embarrassed myself a few times, you know, all of a sudden, oh, you know, right, right out. But you don't even think about it hardly. It's just there because your heart is full. And so uh, it's, I like to call it God consciousness. Uh, you um, just have such a, an awareness of God. You're so thankful for what he's done. And uh, you have a, is, and that singing and making melody is in your heart. And who's in your heart? The Spirit of God. Now, I just want to tell you something, folks. Did you know that God sings? God sings. And uh, I can't wait to hear that solo. That is going to be something. Wow. But I've heard it. I hear it every Sunday here. And believe me, sometimes I really hear it. We have uh, Mrs. Reamers here. She's been such a blessing to us. Did you all hear... The Lord sang when those men sang, How Great Thou Art at the End of the Funeral. Did you note that? If you were there at that funeral, and if not, you need to watch it. But that final, How Great Thou Art, that young men's chorus, I'm telling you, that was God singing. And uh, it's what a comfort to all that were grieving, especially the family. When you hear God empowering singing, and uh, so, in your heart, there ought to be a song. Listen, ladies, I realize physically we don't feel good at times. We have a tendency for past habits of depression and discouragement. I understand all that. There can be physical issues. But spiritually, folks, we really need to have a song on our hearts. That is, should be a continual reality in our life. And um, it ought to concern you when you don't. Now, there are other things that you have to look at. I understand that. But there ought to be that walk with God. The second one, and this is so important, I could spend an entire message on it, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. A thankful spirit for all things. This isn't just glorifying God and rejoicing, that's all part of it, and having that song because you're really aware of how great he is. This is thanking God for things you don't necessarily like. And think about how many things in life we don't really like. You know, it's just part of life. But if you don't thank the Lord, what's the opposite of thankfulness? Bitterness. Bitterness. Blaming God. Blaming others because we're unhappy. If you're not thankful for what you're going through, and you, at times you can't help it, the human reaction's there, but you, you can overcome it by the Spirit of God. When you are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God will make you thankful for the difficulties because He's doing something very special, and you can trust Him. He knows what He's doing. He is God. 
And so we're to be thankful for just the good things. Is that what it says? No, if you're spirit-filled, you will be thankful for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of who he is and what he's done, you can give thanks. By the way, the moment you're finding yourself frustrated or on the verge of bitterness, stop. And I, I have to do this. Lord, thank you for what I'm going through right now. Sometimes you just need to say it out loud. Let Satan and everybody else know. You trust your God. Thank you, Lord. And, and if you're spirit-filled, you'll do that. And then the, the big one is verse tw uh, 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. When you're spirit-filled, you want to place yourself in the position that God has placed you in your marriage, if you're married, uh, as... Um, a parent or as a child, all the different roles that you have and in your employment, uh, either as the boss or as an employee. All of that is addressed in chapters 5 and 6 from verse 22 all the way to the spiritual warfare passage in verse 10 of chapter 6, you have uh, the different roles in life. The spirit-filled Christian doesn't chafe against their role. If you find yourself frustrated about being a wife, frustrated about being a mother, frustrated about what you have to do with your parents, frustrated uh, about the situation on the job, and you may have reasons humanly to be frustrated, but that's the miracle of being filled with the Spirit. You will submit yourself, and instead of worrying about what's happening to you, you're, saying, you're, you're going to be asking the Lord to enable you to be what you ought to be, and that will free your soul. See, if you're thankful and rejoicing in the Lord, then you can submit yourself to your different roles. And I, there's about ten messages in those three verses there, okay. But um, it is wonderful to be spirit-filled. So, spirit-filled living is a command. Therefore, it is your choice. May I suggest something quite strongly to you? Allow God to fill your heart right now. Even before you have your little table time, talk to God in your heart right now. And if there's something you need to settle, just say, Lord, we gotta, we'll, we'll be working on this, but I want you to take control of my life. Thank you. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till two hours from now. You don't have to wait till you're feeling good. Forget that, you know. You, you can have moment by moment submission and yieldedness and trust to the Lord and be filled with the Spirit.